0: MSW Media
1: with swearing. Dear the beans, dear beans, dear beans, dear beans.
0: Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, April 12th, 2021. Today, the Matt Gates investigation expands. The Russian agent, the former guy put in charge of communications at CDC, celebrated doctoring reports in a series of emails. Vance hires one of the best forensic accountants that formerly worked on the Mueller probe for his investigation into the Trump Organization, as we're learning more about Barry Weiselberg, And a black army officer is assaulted by police in Virginia. I'm A.G. And I'm Dana Goldberg. I am back, but my voice is not back.
1: It's perfect. It is perfect. It is raspy and sexy, and it's perfect. Welcome back, my friend. Don't ever do that again. Listen, I have been on stage in front of 4,000 people. Actually, I've been on stage in front of 100,000 people at a Pride event, and I was more nervous because this was your baby than I've ever been to perform. So just hang hang around, okay? Just don't do that again. (laughs) Oh, no more days off. Okay.
0: Um, Actually, I think what I'm going to start doing is – you know how, uh, like Bill Maher, who I'm not a fan of, whose job I want. Yeah, indeed. But you know how every every eight weeks or every twelve weeks he takes a week off. Yeah. That's, I think, what we're going to do. We just, we just won't have a show for a week.
1: I think that the, the listeners would understand.
0: I, I mean, yeah, but I don't know how I will feel about it. But
1: <laughs> maybe that's something you need to get used to. Everyone else in a normal world gets a week off. Ag.
0: All right, I guess you're right.
1: Yes, I am right. <laughs> I am
0: very glad to be back. We had quite a weekend of news. I picked a hell of a day. <laughs> you
1: sure did. As soon as we finished recording, I was like Venmo. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then
0: just story after story after story. We're going to cover him today, um, but I did have a wonderful one-day vacation. Thank you again for covering. Later on in the show, I'm going to talk to Robert DeNault. He's back on. He's got some scoopy stuff. That sounds gross, but uh, exclusive things to, to tell us about uh, the Gates investigation and some of the peripheral players in that. Greenberg, Engels. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Kyle Kowski, like just really interesting connections and potential new, like what investigators are looking at that we don't know about yet. So exciting. Yeah, it's going to be a great interview. But we do have a lot of news to get to first. So let's do that. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. The lead story today comes from The Washington Post, former guy's company, paid a skating rink manager more than $200,000 in annual salary and $40,000 annual bonuses, and provided free company-owned apartments for his family. That is according to testimony of the employee and it is none other than barry Weiselberg, and uh his financial documents
1: i mean that's what i made when i ran worked <laughs> in the ice skating <laughs> ring so i don't see what the problem
2: is
0: <laughs> yeah it, the first minute i heard this story and i think i talk uh about it briefly with robert later but the i i just imagine just had breaking bad car wash in my head it's just it seems like such a weird totally thing and but there's some interesting news in here right that there's these payments and perks as well as other financial support provided to weisselberg and his family have drawn scrutiny from cy vance uh, as a potential key component in his ongoing criminal investigation into trump's business activities and finances now barry weisselberg is the son of cfo alan weisselberg that's the one who quote knows where all the bodies are buried possibly literally and probably in concrete uh whose cooperation prosecutors are maneuvering to secure. That's according to a person familiar with the investigation. This is the first time I've seen the word maneuvering in the Washington Post. It's mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, but I like it. So they're maneuvering to secure a flip, right? Um, to, get, to flip Weiselberg or members of his family or inner circle. Um, now, authorities have not accused Trump, Weiselberg or his son of any wrongdoing. Investigators could use any legal vulnerability involving Barry to pressure Allen. To turn against Trump, right so shit rolls uphill. Totally. Uh, on Thursday, Barry Weiselberg's ex ex-wife Jennifer Weiselberg provided documents and a laptop. To Sy Vance, in response to a grand jury subpoena requiring her to produce all the records she possessed for her ex husband 's bank accounts and credit cards plus his statements of net worth and tax filings, those records were entered into the couple 's divorce proceedings, which began in two thousand and seventeen and some were obtained by The Washington Post this week, along with a transcript of the deposition of Barry Weiselberg uh, that he gave in his in, in his divorce. The documents show an array of payments and perks that Barry Weiselberg and his family received uh, from Trump and his company for over eighteen years. Uh, And Barry Weiselberg was in his 20s when he joined the Trump Organization, first to work on the Miss Universe pageant for a year and then to manage the Wollman Rink. And he said, why does the Trump Organization need need a skating rink? It doesn't. (laughs) It doesn't. No, it doesn't. (laughs) Mm -mm. Uh, But the company operated under a contract with the city from 1986 until (laughs) earlier that year.
1: I just, I'm sorry. He can't even walk down a ramp. You think he's going to be on ice skates for any period of time? (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah and is it ice skate? is it an ice rink or a roller rink? I don't know Whatever, but no. yeah, but no uh now, for his work as the manager of the rink, not the owner, the manager, which operates from October through April only, Barry Weiselberg said during his divorce proceedings that he had been paid an annual salary of over two hundred thousand dollars from Donald Trump as long as he could remember for as long as he could remember. Now, in the deposition, Weisselberg acknowledged making errors in explaining information about his finances. He said, for instance, he had forgotten that he shared an investment account with his father. He misstated his salary, prompting uh, interjections from his attorneys when repeatedly confronted with contradictory information. Uh, He could not answer some questions about his taxes. When asked whether his taxes had been paid on the corporate apartment where he and his family previously lived, he said he didn't know. Uh, when asked how the company determined the size of his bonuses, which tallied about forty grand a year, he said, no idea. When pressed in the deposition to explain discrepancies between what he said he earned and what he reported on tax forms for the IRS, he said, I'm not an accountant. I know what I make. I'm, I'm not too sure of certain things.
1: <laughs> so. That seems to be the new I don't recall. <laughs> you have one source
0: of money. It's $200,000. <laughs> like, how are you... <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know. I'm not an accountant. Um, the deposition also provides insight into Trump's direct role um, in Barry Weisselberg's money. Uh, Weisselberg said before being elected president, Trump had been the one to decide his salary for managing a, a roller rink, right? Uh, along with his father. So Trump and his father decided what to pay him to manage a roller rink. Um, I don't know if they own the roller rink. anyway. When asked whether he thought Trump personally was helping to pay for some of his expenses, Barry said he didn't even know. So he testified in the deposition while receiving financial help from his dad. He amassed a collection of between 150 and 175 pairs of sneakers. The company facilitated this hobby as well, since he bought the shoes at a Nike store that had been a tenant of the Trump organization until the store relocated. Good Lord. That allowed him a discount. Barry explained. I wasn't paying full price for the sneakers, he said, (laughs) according to the transcript. (laughs) Barry and Jennifer... Uh, Jennifer's 49. They were married from 2004 to 2018. She previously said she had seven boxes of bank records and financial records for her ex-husband and his father, some of which were obtained through divorce litigation. She turned over three boxes and the laptop this week and indicated she may be in possession of other information relevant to the
1: probe. Mary and I were just laughing because she literally loaded them into the back of a Jeep that was parked outside of her building. And Mary was like, I think I've done something like that before. (laughs)
0: She did exactly that, right? Oh. With all of the, those 10s of 1000s of uh, documents that she handed over to the New York Times when they did their expose.
1: Yeah. Now, listen, everyone, the story is a little bit heavier. And it's ten amount, in my opinion, to uh, murder. Uh, in, or what it, what, What's the word for killing someone, but maybe just just being stupid about it? Negligent homicide? Yeah, negligent homicide. So apparently Trump appointees in the Department of Health and Human Services last year privately touted their efforts to block or alter scientists' reports on the coronavirus to more closely align with the former guy's more optimistic messages about the outbreak. And this is according to newly released documents from congressional investigators.
0: More, I love that, more optimistic I know. messages. Really? Okay, New York Times.
1: He's only mostly dead. Okay. Yeah, the, de- <laughs> Most,
0: the trouble with that is with all dead, there's really only one thing you could do. Go through the pockets and look for a loose
1: That's change. It. Nice mutton, lettuce, and tomato sandwich. The documents provide further insight into how senior Trump officials approached last year's explosion of coronavirus cases in the United States. Now, even as a career government scientist worked to combat the virus, a cadre of the former guy's appointees... Uh, we're attempting to blunt the scientists' messaging, edit their findings, and equip the president with an alternate facts, as Kellyanne Conway would say, an alternate set of talking points. Now, science advisor Paul Alexander wrote HHS Public Affairs Chief Michael Caputo in September 9th. Now, Caputo always reminds me of Orange is the New Black. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what he did, he was touting two examples of where he said officials at the Center for Disease Control and Prevention had bowed to his pressure and changed language in their reports. And this is according to an email obtained by the House's select subcommittee on the coronavirus outbreak. So, pointing to one charge in which CDC leaders allegedly changed the opening sentence of a report about the spread of the virus among younger people after Alexander pressured them. Now, Alexander wrote to Caputo, Caputo calling it a quote small victory but a victory nonetheless and yippee Yippee! with three exclamation marks i'm (laughs) shit you not yep so in the same email alexander touted another example of a change to a weekly report from the cdc that he said the agency made in response to his demands the morbidity of mortality weekly reports now they call that the mmwrs um which offer public updates on scientists findings had been considered sacrosanct Four decades and untouchable by any political appointees in the past. Well, two days later, Alexander appealed to the White House advisor, Scott Atlas, to help him dispute an upcoming CDC report on coronavirus-related deaths among young Americans. And this is a quote, Can you help me craft an op-ed? Alexander wrote to Atlas. This was September 11th, alleging the CDC report was, quote, timed for the election and an attempt to keep schools closed even as the former guy pushed to reopen them. He said, let us advise the former guy and get permission to preempt this, please, for it will run for the weekend. So we need to blunt the edge as it is misleading. They literally changed CDC guidelines and information to protect the former guy in the election, which clearly didn't work anyway, and thousands of more people died.
0: Yeah, and and they altered the, well, try, at least try to write an ad to whitewash the morbidity and mortality weekly reports, which is absolutely unheard of, but nothing's unheard of in the former guy's administration. And
1: unforgivable, actually.
0: Yeah, it is. It's truly. Uh, let's see here. What do we have next? Oh, a former FBI forensic accountant, Key, to special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation into Russian meddling in the 2016 presidential election is one of several accountants hired by Cy Vance. <laughs> so that's very cool. Morgan Magionos, who was a linchpin to the prosecutor the prosecution of former President Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort, is now a member of the team of outside experts from FTI Consulting aiding the New York prosecutors. Uh, Manhattan District Attorney Vance. Brought on FTI consulting last year, his office's wide ranging investigation into possible insurance fraud, fraud involving lenders, tax fraud, real estate fraud, all the frauds. Now, prosecutors often retain experts in accounting, money laundering, and tax for complicated financial investigations. Uh, Vance's office has also recruited Mark Pomerantz. We've talked about him, a well respected lawyer who has a deep experience in complex white collar crime investigations. Uh, Trump, of course, has called the district attorney's investigation a witch hunt because that's the only two words he knows. Seriously. Uh, the Trump organization is this week beefed up its legal team by hiring Ronald Fischetti, who decades earlier was a law partner with Pomerantz, interestingly. Fischetti's hiring was first reported by the Wall Street Journal. Now, Maggionos, who is a certified fraud examiner and accountant, spent nine years at the FBI. That's She was working uh, in its international corruption squad in D.C., and she was detailed to the Mueller investigation and traced Manafort's assets across four countries. Manafort was charged with multiple counts of bank fraud, failing to report foreign bank accounts and filing false tax returns, among other crimes. And uh, Weissman, Andrew Weissman, talks about her in his book. Uh, At Manafort's trial, Maggiano's testified she uncovered several foreign bank accounts linked to Manafort, traced $15 million in transfers that Manafort used to fund his personal lifestyle, including the ostrich skin jacket we all grew to hate, and uh, landscaping services for his home in the Hamptons. Uh, Manafort was convicted on eight counts, later pleaded guilty, but then the former guy pardoned him. So...
1: Oh, there's so much. Now, this next story and this last story for the headlines is a heavy one, and I just want to warn the listeners, there are some uh, parts that are a little hard to hear, so I just want to give f- fair warning about this. And I think all of us saw the viral video over the weekend, A.G. Yeah,
0: Um, and as a veteran, I'm... I'm sure. I was just livid and i was hanging out with a group of marines and we were just all what I, the fuck?
1: yeah coronazario he's a lieutenant in the u.s army medical corps was driving to petersburg virginia from a drill weekend the night of december 5th when he saw police lights flashing behind him so this is this is an old uh story in the sense of when it happened. We're just now seeing the video from it. So too nervous to stop on a darkened road, Lieutenant Nazario, who is black and Latino, he drove about a mile to a gas station. He pulled over, he placed his cell phone on the dashboard. Now, according to a lawsuit and video footage of the encounter, that's what happened. Immediately, two Windsor police officers can be heard yelling orders at him. Get out of your car, one yells as Lieutenant Nazario remains seated repeatedly asked why he'd been stopped and why the officers had drawn their guns. You can see it in the video. He positions his empty hands outside the window, both of them. And this is a quote. He said, I'm honestly afraid to get out of the car. And the officer said, yeah, and this is Joe Gutierrez. And this is according to footage from his body camera. He said, yeah, you should be. Seconds later, uh, Gutierrez doused. Seconds later, A.G., he doused the lieutenant with pepper spray. Lieutenant Nazario's hands remained up as he coughed and pleaded with the officers to undo his seatbelt to make sure his dog smoke was not choking in the back of the car. There was liquid spray dripping down his hands and his face at the time. Lieutenant Nazario, he was 20, he's 27 years old. He's a graduate of Virginia State University. He filed a lawsuit this month, and this is why we're seeing the story, this month in the U.S. District Court of the Eastern District of Virginia. Now, it accuses the officers of illegally searching his car, using excessive force, and violating his rights under the First Amendment. The lawsuit seeks $1 million in uh, compensatory damages. Now, the lieutenant also accused the officers of threatening to destroy his military career by charging him with multiple crimes if he complained about their conduct. This is according to the complaint, which was reported this week by the Virginian pilot in Norfolk. So Gutierrez, the officer, and other officer named in the lawsuit, that's Daniel Crocker, did not respond to requests for comment on Saturday. Chief Rodney Daniel Riddle of the Windsor Police Department also did not respond to messages. The police officers did not arrest Lieutenant Nazario and have not filed charges. So in a report from that night, the officer said they had pulled over Lieutenant Nazario because the SUV did not have a license plate on it. Now, Lieutenant Nazario said he had recently bought a Chevrolet Tahoe and was waiting for the license plate. Temporary ones had been taped inside the rear window and were visible. Now, that's according to the lawsuit. The police report also says Nazario had, quote, willfully and wantonly disregarded police lights and sirens before pulling over and was actively resisting when Officer Crocker attempted to open the SUV's driver's side door. I watched the video. That's bullshit.
0: Yeah. And, and not only that, but he, you know, he had said, um, the lieutenant said, I needed to get to a place that had lights. right? And, and you know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, the place had lights, it had camera footage, and he, that was a, f- a plan. You know, that, was, that wasn't that ac- was an accident. Do you know what I mean?
1: Right. And, and you legally have a right to do that. Women do it all the time if they're driving alone and, and uh, the you know, the cop lights go on and they're in a dark place. You can legally wait until you're in a lit area. It's safer anyway. Yeah. So lawyers of the lieutenant filed copies of the video footage from his cell phone and from police body cameras and showed both officers approaching Lieutenant Nazario's vehicle as the ga- at the gas station. With their weapons drawn. Weapons drawn. F- yes. For no license plate. not
0: is isn't even a real thing that happened. And so it's like, I, I honestly think that him stopping at that gas station probably saved his life.
1: I think you're absolutely right. Uh, and, and this was a quote from the lieutenant. He said, I'm actively serving this country and this is how you're going to treat me. Uh, and he said, what's going on? Lieutenant Nazario then asked. You could hear this in the video. And there's, this is the cop. What's going on is you're fixing to ride the lightning, son. That's what Officer Gutierrez is yelling. Now, later, after striking Lieutenant Nazario behind his knees, the officer told him, lay down or I'm going to tase you. As the officers appeared to struggle with Lieutenant Nasario on the ground. Now, after two volunteers from the town's emergency medical service arrived, Officer Crocker approached Lieutenant Nasario, who stood handcuffed near his SUV and asked why he had not complied with their simple commands. That's when there was witnesses. We saw on the video everything they're claiming is complete bullshit.
0: A million dollars should be a hundred million.
1: I'm so fucking tired of this. I really am. I mean, from the show and trial to this, I'm just what it must be like for a person of color, Latino, black. Any, I mean, I get nervous. I get nervous. I'm a white female. When a cop pulls up behind me, AG, I can only imagine what a person of color is dealing with in this country right now. It is infuriating to me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was pulled over just the other day. Um, because I don't have a, a tag on my brand new car. Right. Um, they didn't come at me with guns drawn. Of course not. Nope. It was a, it was a simple, oh, where's your tags? Oh, it's a new car. Oh, all right. Bye. Yep. (laughs) That's that, that was it.
1: I literally got pulled over once. Um, it was like one o'clock in the morning. I'll make it quick. I know we have to go to break, but, uh, I didn't have my license, registration or insurance with me. I'd left the house without anything, got pulled over. I somehow got out of it because they were looking for drunk drivers. Wow. That's called privilege. It's 100%. And it's really fucking unfortunate. Yep.
0: Guns drawn. And they were giving him conflicting commands by the way. One yes. said get out of the car, one said put your hands out the window. Yep. Uh and then I mean, why didn't you just comply? It, that's just victim blaming to me. That's it's like saying it's it's just Yeah. Oh, like I mean, I remember trying to report, uh, report a rape and they're like, you know, well, why were you there? Why were you why were you uh, have why were you drinking? You know, what were what were you wearing? I do have a boyfriend. Were you in a fight with your boyfriend? Like, just oh excuse me. Like, man, raped me. Stop, man, raping. <laughs>
1: I'm so what
2: sorry. are you asking
0: me I'm fucking so questions you for? You know, it's all right. Um, it's not
1: all right, but I know that's something I, that people say.
0: I mean, thank you, um, but uh, it's just to to say you, you know you didn't you didn't he, <laughs> you know what I I I, know what I, I mean. can't even express it. Yep. Um,
1: Hopefully something uh, comes out of that, and, and we'll definitely keep you updated on that story if anything new happens with the, as the case moves forward.
0: Yep. We're going to keep following it. So thank you for that news. Uh, it's very hard to hear, but important nonetheless. We'll be right back with news about Matt Gates, including Venmo payments he made out to Greenberg, who then paid women for and put public fucking remarks right in the thing. It's just absolutely incredible. <laughs> and we have some breaking news about Engels. Stay with us. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's AG, and I just wanted to take a minute to recognize all the moms out there. You give us so much strength. Mothers, with your love and unconditional support, encouragement, inspiration, you really make the world a better place. I love my mom, and I appreciate her more and more every year. And it's not easy to express such a profound relationship. When your connection with mom is stronger than words, you tell her how much you care about her, but the love captured in Pandora jewelry always helps. And Pandora has the perfect gift for the mom in your life. From customizable charms to a huge variety of beautiful bracelets, rings, necklaces, earrings, and more, I think my mom is going to love the key flower necklace, but nobody tell her it's a surprise. I don't think she listens. Each piece of Pandora jewelry is gorgeous, by the way. High quality, perfect gift, meant to last. This season, Pandora has gifts for every mom with new designs in their collection of contemporary classics. Jewelry can be customized to fit all styles and any personality. You can curate your own luminous looks with their new Pandora Rose collection, or check out some of the best sellers like the Princess Wishbone Ring. Express a connection that's stronger than words with symbols of love and gratitude such as hearts, infinity symbols, angel wings, family trees, all of it to remind us how special mothers are. What I did was I got my mom the family tree charm and then also a copy of the giving tree by Shel silverstein she used to read that to me when i was little so you can shop safely in store with Pandora's styling experts to find the perfect gift for your mom and you can buy online with in-store pickups and curbside pickup at select locations so please contact your local store to learn more and then thank your mom in your life for always being there with a sparkling gift from pandora jewelry go to us.pandora.net daily beans to start shopping or to find a store near you that's us.pandora.net daily beans Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I am joined today by independent journalist, writer. He is working really, really hard and going deep in on this Gates, Stone, Greenberg, Engels. I don't know what to call the case, but that case. And, and in Florida politics, Robert Denault, welcome. How are
2: you? So glad to be back. I'm I'm good. I'm knee deep in Florida.
0: <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad that you are because you have some really interesting details. Let's talk about Gates' gate. I guess Um, up to this point I I think where we left off was oh god there's just so many things Uh, just this past weekend uh, a a story just sort of got uncovered about bribery and it was like an afterthought too it was like you know um, sex trafficking and 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 then he was somehow associated with these candidates for state legislature that were straw man candidates. They were fake sham candidates run by Republicans. A couple have been arrested and indicted. Uh, but I don't know if they're connected with this particular sham candidate or if all these sham candidates are connected. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, what a dizzying whirlwind the last few weeks have been. So um I the bribe issue is interesting. So basically, you know, I, I think a couple networks, mainly CBS, I think, started this, uh, broke this story that a hand surgeon and, and as they put it, marijuana entrepreneur um, in Florida, took a trip to the Bahamas with Matt Gates uh, allegedly, and a few others. I believe there's a Florida official named Halsey Beshears, who's also reported to have been on the trip. Um, there are allegations that ex- a- 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 escorts were brought and paid for, and possibly by this uh, entrepreneur and hand surgeon. Um, and I, you know, CBS reported that federal investigators are looking into whether uh, those were provided to Matt Gates in exchange for uh, ma- marijuana legislation that he introduced at the federal level. I, it seemed very broad-based to me. I'm, I'm not sure that they have the goods there, but it is interesting that we hear this story about bribery the same week that a superseding indictment against Joel Greenberg is released, uh, which is all financial crimes. There is a charge of bribery in that indictment, very separate from uh, the Gates allegations. Basically, it alleges that Greenberg bribed a small business administration official for a CARES Act loan while out on bail uh, in the last year. So he's been a busy guy, according to prosecutors. Um, So interesting that bribery coming up in the Gates you know, sort of triangle of, of all of this.
0: Yeah, but then three more superseding indictments, right? And then if we if I don't know, I'm sure you've seen the interview with Greenberg's lawyer, who looks like, frankly, a reanimated Trump doctor. <laughs> yeah. uh, but um, everyone's like, gosh, where are all these leaks coming from? I think I know. Uh, honestly. But I mean, it's just, this is all, and and by the way, none of this has anything to do with the Venmo payments that we recently learned about.
2: Right. The Daily Beast did a great story about these Venmo payments, some of which I think were just public. And they must have had a, a very savvy uh, staffer who thought, you know, I'm going to go check Venmo and see if any of these people were on there. I don't know that, but I assume that might be what happened. And they went back and found a sort of trail of payments where Apparently, Representative Gates would pay, I think they saw one that was nine hundred dollars to Greenberg. And then Greenberg is sending nine hundred dollars to a young lady. Uh, You know, I I mean, it's hard to imagine uh, a sillier way of of getting caught doing something. That's to say, you know, we don't know that that in and of itself was an illegal transaction. I'm not sure. But yes, it it was. uh, (laughs) Tying Gates to Greenberg. You know, and and I published a piece, a sort of an opinion piece uh, uh, on Friday about this whole mess and that Gates really could have learned a lot by paying closer attention to the Mueller investigation instead of denigrating it at every turn. He didn't get out in front of this story at all. He pretended that he, you know, basically didn't know Joel Greenberg for the last year. I mean, Joel Greenberg was indicted last June. And we never heard a peep from Gates who never thought, you know, maybe I should get out and say, wow, I, I'm, I, This is a friend of mine. and I'm shocked at this allegation. He just pretended it wasn't happening. Yeah And from the
0: guy who who apropos of nothing introduced us all to Nestor uh, You you would think that we would have heard something about about Greenberg and um, What what did, what do you make of the the ids of him going there in the middle of the night two hours away and then concocting a story that he misplaced his wallet, but then found it and didn't need him. What do you think? Do you think those were IDs for underage girls? Or do you think they were? Was it something else? Was it an affair? What what was going on there? Do you think?
2: It's hard to know exactly what was going on. I will say it's very key for us all to be careful. Um, Gates you know, was said some of those comments about going, about losing an ID, needing one for a flight in response to questions, I think, by Politico. But they kind of let him get away with something there because there's two separate things. There were texts that showed that Greenberg made that statement that Gates needed a backup ID, he had a flight. But that wasn't what they were asking about. They were asking about video camera footage that is reported that staffers at the tax collector's office saw Gates and Greenberg there on the weekend handling IDs in the office, or that they saw them enter the office and and the staffers later discovered IDs strewn around the office. And that was something I had heard in February. And the last time I was here with you, I alluded to knowing certain things about this case that were big and would probably come out, and I was uh, scooped by New York Times and other outlets. And that's totally fine. Um, there are some really solid sources down in Florida who've been ready to tell their story for a long time. And I'm glad they're, they're getting a chance to do that. But it, it, Politico not being able to hold him to account on that answer, you know, he didn't really answer. Why are you on the footage? Did you contact Greenberg to do it for you? Or did you show up to the office with him it's 400 miles away from his district. I mean, there's just so many things that don't quite add up about that story. We know from the indictment that Greenberg used, or at least prosecutors say, used an ID, one ID, in furtherance of a human trafficking charge. We also, according to them, know that he falsified some for himself, that he kept IDs that, you know, contains information about other citizens, but put his photo on the ID, so he basically would have a fake ID as a thirty, you know, seven-year-old man, whatever purpose that's being used for. So we don't know exactly what maybe could have happened with Gates and him and the IDs, but it's not a good look to be in there handling like
0: ID. Yeah, why would a why would a congressman, a, a well-known, vocal pop, like I'm, I'm not saying, I guess, infamous is probably a better way of saying it, congressman need an ID with his photo that has a different name other than his on it. Like, what would the purpose of that be? Uh, unless you wanted to maybe check into a hotel uh, or fly or do something under a name that's not yours. Um it seems odd from a guy who, you know, for a guy who who's that concerned about leaving a paper trail but uses Venmo.
2: Yeah, it is it's inconsistent and that's the main word I would use to describe how he responded to that because it's just it doesn't make sense because it, you can renew your driver's license at tax collectors offices in Florida which is, you know, interesting. I, I I'm from Pennsylvania, but that doesn't happen in our state. But what's unique here is that Greenberg asked a staffer to help them do that. Why were they on camera looking at other people's IDs? That just doesn't add up at all. Why would you need, you know, if that story is true, if that allegation is true by the staffers, that just doesn't make sense with why Gates would need to replace his ID with somebody else's ID.
0: Yeah, and and honestly, Gates's objection, you know, saying, I, as an adult man, have never had sex with a 17-year-old, uh, seems a little specific, um, but also hey, well, maybe maybe her ID said she was 18. That's kind of wh- where my brain goes.
2: Well, it's a logical thought. <laughs> we find out more information from Joel Greenberg, which is the big, you know, unknown that we're all sitting with right now. And you mentioned what his lawyer said outside the courthouse, Fritz Schiller. He is a funny looking person, but he actually um, was the lawyer for uh, the Pulse shooter's wife, who was recently acquitted. Um, so he is he is a pretty good attorney. He got her off on charges uh, related to that shooting, which has kind of made him um, a prominent lawyer down in Florida.
0: Well, I want to talk about these um, straw man candidates, because th- another thing and my friend and I were joking was that the IDs were for 17-year-old girls, but only so they could vote in Florida. Uh, and and <laughs> just a bad joke, but maybe not when we hear about these straw man candidates. I do have to take a quick break, though. Will you stay with me? Sure. Great. Everybody, we'll be right back. Hey everyone, it's AG and this portion of the pod is brought to you by BetterHelp. They provide direct convenient access to professional mental health services online. We know life is unpredictable it can be stressful and overwhelming and when you're up against difficult, unexpected challenges remember you do not have to face it alone. I really recommend trying BetterHelp if you're dealing with anything preventing you from living a happy life. BetterHelp provides professional counseling to help you navigate challenges. It isn't a crisis line or self-help it's professional counseling done securely online. They assess your needs and they match you with your own licensed professional therapist and you can start communicating in less than 24 hours. You know I've had my own Challenges with post traumatic stress and anxiety, I know how important it is to seek help rather than to take it on by yourself. And I love how convenient help services are. It's available for clients worldwide, and you can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You get timely and thoughtful responses, and you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions too. And they're committed to facilitating great matches, so they make it easy and free to change your counselor if you want to. And it's m- way more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. So visit their website and read some testimonials like this one from BetterHelp user TH, who says, Christina has been awesome. She is 100% lives up to her standards and delivers everything she says she can. She's truthful and trustworthy and is flexible when I am difficult. She will listen to your needs and study to find the right answers. I highly recommend and appreciate all she delivers. I feel you, TH, on that. So visit BetterHelp.com slash Daily That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And you can join the over 800,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Daily Beans listeners. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Daily Hey, everybody, welcome back. We're talking to Robert Denault, uh, who is really doing an incredible job. Um, got scooped by the New York Times on the IDs. And and I'll tell you, because you and I spoke about it, and we're like off the record. I'm working on a piece. And the New York Times drops, and I immediately text you. I'm like,
2: motherfucker. I <laughs> you know. It was so rough to hear it. And, and the sources texted me and said, you know, like, uh, why didn't you get out there? And it's hard because it was such a big story that I didn't want to jump the gun. You know, you never want to go there before you have every I dotted and every T crossed. And I was, you know, had a three thousand word piece that I was pitching out to places, and then, and then it, and then it got scooped. But that's okay.
1: Well,
0: then before we get into the straw man candidate stuff and the Ingalls bribe, because I do want to talk a little bit more about that. Uh, what else are you sitting on that? is going to be scooped by the New York times next week. If you don't tell me right this second.
2: (laughs) So, okay. There's a few interesting pieces of this puzzle that I think are starting to come together. And one of the biggest clues I think to look to is who's resigning right now, a wave of resignations washed over uh, Northern Florida this, this weekend. So the first prominent one, I think to talk about is Chris Dorworth. He is a prominent lobbyist, uh, a Greenberg ally, a Gates ally uh, in Florida, I believe he sat uh, as a member of Ron DeSantis' transition team, uh, along with Gates. He resigned a pretty prominent lobbying firm, Ballard Partners, um, in Florida, uh, mainly sort of just attributing it to the media maelstrom. But I've heard rumors that, you know, and we know some public reporting by New York Times that investigators are looking into conversations between he and Gates about planting third-party candidates to siphon votes away from Democratic candidates. Um, there's a piece of this story that I'm working on relates to a similar situation uh, in Seminole County and whether or not the players involved here repeated that sort of tactic. And then once Greenberg got indicted, tried to backtrack and undo uh, their steps. And I think something to watch is whether or not investigators are going to piece together something like this happening, you you mentioned earlier, uh, you know, this happening in other places in Florida. Was this a tactic that was discussed amongst Florida Republicans to use across the state? Because it seems to be happening a lot.
0: Well, we do have an indictment uh, in the uh, what was the name of the candidate that had the same name as the Democratic candidate?
2: I thought we had warrants. I'm not sure if anyone's been charged. I, I haven't followed that one that closely, so you might know better than me.
0: Yep. Nope. They have been indicted. Um. Um, and it was for, but not for running a. a A straw man candidate, not for running a sham candidate. That's not illegal. Right. Um, The illegality was that somebody gave him $50,000 to do it.
2: Right. And that's going to be the question in this case, too. Mm -hmm.
0: And so when when they're talking about investigating Gates for campaign finance violations, uh, that may be the piece that we're talking about here.
2: Could be. And there's other pieces, too. I mean, I think that, you know, when that when those stories first started emerging, People were reporting that this is legal. You know, maybe it shouldn't be. But, you know, as of right now, it is technically legal to do. I think there's a bit of a difference, though, when you start to get into if there's an overall scheme by several people in Florida politics to do this across the state. Now you're like starting to get into something entirely different.
0: We are talking about federal racketeering at this point.
2: Something like that, or, you know, it's hard to bring a racketeering case. I'm not suggesting that it's, it's a slam dunk Rico, you know, but it's, it's quite another thing to talk about doing this across the board, up and down the ballot in state Senate races, in state house races, in tax collector races. It's, it's you, you're, you're, touching some very difficult topics, and you start to maybe invite the scrutiny of federal prosecutors, because, you know, it's legal under Florida law, and most election crimes are going to be governed by the state that they happen in. But you start to get into wide-ranging schemes to alter election outcomes, you're you're running afoul of some interesting, interesting federal statutes, and we'll see where they go with that.
0: Yeah, even if it's just something as simple as FEC violations, campaign finance violations. Right. Um, Now, who else has resigned that we should be keeping an eye on? So
2: I mentioned Halsey Bashir's. That was back in January. Uh, He's a DeSantis administration official. Um, He uh, he said he was resigning for uh, health reasons. And then we found out that he was on the Bahamas trip uh, with Gates and that hand doctor, hand surgeon guy. Um, So that's an interesting one. Not sure exactly what his role is in all of this. Um, Another resignation. Yes. I mean, it's just like a, a wild story.
0: I, I love your integrity. We, you know, we aren't sure what this is about. <laughs> yes, we, we, I am sure what this is about, but please continue.
2: Yeah. So the hand, the hand surgeon is also suspended his practice. He's left his medical practice for the time being, uh, ostensibly for a family emergency. Not sure what that is, um, but so that's an interesting one to watch. So those, uh, those are, you know, it just sort of makes it feel like the writing is on the wall for some of these people. Um, and then, you know, there's some stones maybe left to flip over in this case. Ha ha, <laughs> Now,
0: I couldn't help but notice you've said the name DeSantis quite a few times uh, in <laughs> while talking to me. And there are photos of Trump and Pirazzolo, hand surgeon, uh, and DeSantis. And um, they that all seems to be sort of a group. And then, of course, here's Roger Stone sort of Hanging out on the edges. Who was the f- kind of the focal point a couple of weeks ago when we were looking into Oath Keepers and uh, Proud Boys and and Stone? But then off on your little chart, here's Engels and Greenberg. And-
2: there, if you noticed they were right in the center of the chart. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry,
0: to be fair, yes. But and but we, you and I, were talking about Roger Stone and his connections potentially to the insurrection. Uh, and now, obviously, um, seems like the centerpiece of, of the week is is gays. But what do you think DeSantis's role is? And does he have a role? Is he just very insulated? Um, or I mean, ha- have you do you know anything about him coming up specifically in any of these, for for example, sham candidate or bribery situations?
2: You know, I've been um, I want to say a little pleasantly surprised at how little I see tied to DeSantis here. And I'm, you know, personally not a huge fan of DeSantis. Don't love the way he's talked about COVID stats in his state. And I think it's been dishonest, but I don't see him. I've seen no hard lead from any of this stuff to Ron DeSantis outside of the fact that some of the officials who at the very least must have had an idea something was going on in Seminole County that was odd were appointed to those positions. By Ron DeSantis, um, after being recommended by a transition team, participated in by Matt Gates and Chris Dorworth. So, I mean, you know, there's it's Florida politics. People are connected. I see nothing connected to DeSantis that suggests, though, that he's involved in this. And I get comments on Twitter, you know, where's DeSantis and all this. And I just said to someone the other day, I just don't see it. Um, so that's at least one maybe positive.
0: Yeah, I do think it's important to note that. These are all major Republican players in in Florida politics, and they're going to run into each other from time to time. Right. Um, but, you know, obviously, everyone's going to keep their eye on that, especially with the Bashir's connection. Uh, but um, specifically Engels, because I feel like you and I were talking Greenberg and then, bam, New York Times. And then I feel like now you and I are talking Engels. Um, w- what is his disposition? Um, I know you posted an interview that you found between him and, and Roger Stone. Uh, talk, talk a little bit more about Engels because I feel like this is the next shoe.
2: I think you could be right. I've heard that another outlet is about to do a pretty interesting report on Jacob Engels, Um, and it's interesting because this person is a figure. Some of these names are so noticeable to people. People know Matt Gates. They know Roger Stone, even if they don't know all the details, they've heard of them. It's kind of remarkable how under the radar Jacob Angles has remained in the last few years. He's very close with Roger Stone. Um, Angles is a Florida-based conservative blogger. Um, He purports to be an independent journalist uh, who was, quote, embedded with the Proud Boys, doing inside reporting on the Proud Boys, but he was present at a lot of Proud Boys events seemed almost more of a participant than necessarily an embedded independent journalist, but we'll give him the credit of the doubt. He, he's not an avowed proud boy. Um, yes, a, I am a
0: journalist embedded with a bottle of wine, right. um, <laughs> if that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah. I just want everyone to know that. I don't enjoy wine. It's not particularly my thing, but I am a journalist embedded there. Yes.
2: How nice it must be to to live in this world where you can just... That's
0: That's going to be my new thing when I'm someplace I shouldn't be. I'm just a journalist embedded. Exactly. Okay. So anyway, go on with Engels.
2: So Engels, you know, his blog was called the Central Florida Post, and it definitely was focused on local Florida races, but he was really focused on Joel Greenberg. There are probably a dozen or more articles that he wrote that border on praiseworthy uh, of Greenberg over like minor things that he was doing extending hours at the tax collector's office. Like it reads almost like a newsletter for Greenberg. And there's another interesting tidbit. And I think I may have mentioned this the last time we spoke. When Greenberg was first indicted, he was indicted on two charges, harassment and stalking of a political opponent, his primary opponent for the Republican nomination for his re-election for tax collector, who was a local teacher, is a local teacher. He remains a local teacher. Um, Greenberg fabricated letters, according to prosecutors, fabricated letters uh, claiming to be faculty members and students at his opponent's school and saying that another student told them that the opponent had raped him and accused, basically accused him of raping a a student. And according to prosecutors, his fingerprints are on the letters. (laughs) They have a lot of evidence. They, so they charge him with this, but a few days before he gets indicted for that, a network controlled by Roger Stone posted content about the primary on Facebook and angles, shared videos on Facebook that sort of had similar smear vibes about the candidate. They weren't verbatim the same, but they, you know, sort of characterize him as a creep, somebody sort of like sexually violative things like that. I haven't seen the videos myself, but I, I read, you know, uh, articles describing them. It's interesting to me and it's always stood out that that happens just a few days before prosecutors move to unseal the indictment against Greenberg. And uh, a few weeks after that, Facebook takes down the network. Uh, All Roger Stone's accounts get booted off of Facebook. Engels gets booted off of Facebook. Um, So, you know, I think for the person who's trying to get their arms around this case, the way to understand it is that Engels is a local operative with Very deep ties to Roger Stone. CNN recently reported that he had access to Stone's social media, according to Stone, which was something he said in open court in 2019. He had access to Stone's passwords and all that stuff.
0: Right. Because that was that all came out when when Stone put out the Instagram post of Judge Beryl Howell with the crosshairs. Right. Right. Right.
2: And they were trying to get to the bottom of exactly who made the post because Stone said it wasn't him. And he listed people who had access to his phones and Engels was on that list. Um, then CNN did some great reporting a few weeks ago related to the insurrection and dug up those transcripts, saw Engels' name, reached out to him and another associate. It seems like the other associates said Engels was with Stone on the day of the insurrection, that they had talked to a grand jury in 2019 about whether Stone paid them for anything. They weren't sure exactly what prosecutors were interested in.
0: Right. And this is what you and I were talking about, um, when we, when Stone was the focus. Right. And it's, it's interesting now, Gates is the focus. Right. And here's Angles again.
2: And here's Angles again. And here's Angles undertaking certain things that are all really positive for Joel Greenberg. Uh, Smearing, you know, potentially sharing smeary type stuff against his Republican opponent. That's so important to remember. This is another Republican. It's not some Democrat that they hate. It's just a Republican primary opponent of Greenberg. And yet, you know, Angles is smearing him uh, out, you know, days before... Greenberg gets indicted for fabricating the charges against him. So, you know, I think there's a big question about why Engels was so focused on helping Joel Greenberg. And that is something that I think, you know, either reporters are going to reveal information about or uh, maybe prosecutors will reveal information about. I mean, it's hard to imagine they're not going to ask him because it relates directly to his initial charge of harassing the candidate who ran against him um, for the tax collector position.
0: Do you think Gates has anything to do with this? I'm not
2: sure. I mean, it seems Gates defended Engels when Angles was booted off of Twitter um, several years ago. He tweeted the hashtag, free Jacob. Um, and it's just odd because like, this is a very unknown kind of person. And yet he's got like, a major U.S. congressman in the MAGA movement, saying free Jacob. I mean, it's, it's hard not to think like who, how well do these guys know each other? Like, are they, you know, all working very closely? Cause they seem to like to pretend that they really don't know each other very well at all. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know how much Gates was involved in angles work. I'm more curious about how does stone and angles work fit into What Joel Greenberg was trying to do in June of 2020, which was smear his political opponent and win a primary election after many news stories had documented very questionable practices um, that he had undertaken while tax collector.
0: Yeah, that is um, interesting. But I, you know, I I am wondering if it has anything to do with an overall plan about Florida elections uh, that certain names keep popping up in. Um, before I let you go, uh, anything else that you want to get out of your system before somebody scoops it?
2: <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's a big unknown that hasn't been addressed by prosecutors yet, and it's a lot of Greenberg spending as tax collector. The Orlando Sentinel did a ton of great work in this space while Greenberg was in office pre-indictment, pre-knowing about Gates, pre-knowing about sex trafficking, whether or not it's true. The Orlando Sentinel was, you know, sort of live reporting on how many contracts this guy was doling out to Republicans, family, friends, you know, things that just did not make sense. Three and a half million.
0: Okay. So you're not talking necessarily about um, some of the public reporting we've seen with Using the Seminole County credit card no. to pay for certain things, although that is important reporting. You're talking yeah, about yeah. contracts, yes. about government contracts. He
2: was clearly, and some of this was publicly reported at the time. But I guess what I'm trying to get off my chest, having talked to some sources, I, I think that's the direction some investigators are moving. It's to because these are consulting contracts. It means there's a party on the other end it's not just greenberg spending a credit card for himself although that's very important to go through and the indictments have not necessarily gone through all of that yet either these contracts have not been addressed yet in any of the 3 33 charges they're just not in there and their omission is kind of glaring and given the news that greenberg is at least pursuing the idea of a plea deal We're waiting to hear if it's a full cooperation agreement. You know, of course, that remains to be seen. Hard to imagine it's not going to have to involve some cooperation. But I think the fact that all of these contracts have been omitted from the indictments um, makes me think that it's an angle prosecutors may be working to get Greenberg to spill the beans about exactly what some of these services were and whether any of them were related to Maga type things going on in Florida, and I've heard from sources that some of them were
0: maga. What do you mean by maga type things? Are you talking about Oath Keepers? Are you talking about Roger Stone? Talk about Gates? We talk about the insurrection. What sort of? There's so many maga things, really.
2: Yes, I think the details are still kind of murky about exactly where things went, and so nobody has a perfectly clear idea yet. But I think there's good reason to to believe that some of the companies that this was going to uh that at least a few invoices were going to literally had MAGA in in their title um that's very illegal the the taxpayer's job is not to pay MAGA that's not how you know government budgets work you can't invoice to political operations that that don't do anything for the taxpayer Um, it's a dangerous reality that this could have even almost gone unnoticed that Greenberg was doling out contracts maybe to 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 consultants you know obscured by weird llc names but were actually part of this maga operation down in florida again let me say that it's it's early days on this side of this but there's so much that happened in the Seminole County Tax Collector's office in the 4 years that Joel Greenberg ran it i cannot think that prosecutors are going to if there is some cooperation on the horizon not explore who was getting money from Joel Greenberg and down in Florida.
0: Yeah, and I wonder if it's connected to any of these interesting overarching potential racketeering uh... I, Well,
2: why like maybe it explains why he's getting very favorable reporting that doesn't make any sense, you know. And I'm not, I, I'm not saying that that is true, but it's it's hard to justify some of the things that were going on here, and a big puzzle piece seems to be what was Greenberg spending the money on.
0: Mm-hmm. And and there's still a lot of uh, unknown earmarked dark money in in Florida maga politics. Right. So it is a fascinating question. And then of course, everyone else is is wondering. Um, you know, based on what Engels or not Engels Greenberg's lawyer said. Uh, oh, I'd be worried if I were Matt Gates. They seem to be focused on what. Greenberg might be telling or trying to strike a deal with prosecutors uh, about what he knows about Matt Gates, But yeah, this, this omission of contracts paid for with taxpayer dollars.
2: A lot. And, you know, the current indictment charges like a $400,000 embezzlement scheme. And that's so serious. It is very serious. But three and a half million in suspicious contracts is a ton of money to be going out the door of, of a local government office that is you know i mean auditors have reported on this and said it's suspicious and they can't explain it um so i i I have to think and from what i've heard that is something that prosecutors are absolutely going to need to look into
0: yeah and here i am thinking 33 charges and he's pleading not guilty and not showing up to arraignment sounds like he's not cooperating at all Uh, but then when you start to wonder um 33 charges Out of how many, potentially? You know, it seems like a lot to you and me, but it might just be the tip of the iceberg as far as we know. So
2: They haven't covered a lot.
0: All right. Well, I appreciate you uh, uh, coming on, talking to us today. Tell everyone where they can follow you, because if you put anything out, I want people to
2: know. Yeah. So my Twitter is at Robert J. and I just started uh, a new sub stack, a series called Creatures of the Swamp. I'm going to be posting there Uh, Some of the updates as I get them about how the case is unfolding along with some opinion pieces about you know corruption in politics, especially down in florida So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, feel free to follow subscribe. Uh, It's free. No paywall. No, no block so if you're interested, it'll go right to your inbox and uh, stay tuned
0: Yes, please and i'm never gonna let you go off the record with me again (laughs) (laughs) It's just we were sitting on that and then boom uh, anyway, I appreciate your time. Robert Donald. everybody, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with the good news. Hey, everybody, it's AG. This portion of the pod is brought to you by Allform. They make beautiful, customizable furniture for every room in your home. Allform is my new favorite furniture company. They craft the most gorgeous, high quality sofas and chairs made to your specifications and then deliver them directly to you with fast free shipping. You can customize your own sofa using premium materials at a fraction of the cost of traditional stores. With Allform, you pick the fabric, which is spill, stain, and scratch resistant, by the way. You can pick the sofa color, the leg finish, the sofa size, and shape, and you make sure it's perfect for you and your home. I picked out a three seater sofa, customized it with whiskey colored leather. With a walnut leg finish and a chaise lounge, and you pick what side to put the chaise onto, it's perfect. Came in a couple days, I put it together myself without tools. It's roomy and modern, it's very comfy, and it's designed specifically to my specifications. Normally if you want a new sofa like that, it takes weeks or months, right? Months. I remember I had a custom sofa. took took months. But Allform takes three to seven days to arrive in the mail. It's amazing. And they have gorgeous armchairs and loveseats all the way up to eight-seat sectionals, so there's something for everyone, and you can always start small and add more on later. It's really very, very versatile, and it's just beautiful stuff. Best of all, you get a 100 days to decide if you want to keep it. That's more than three months, and if you don't love it, they'll pick it up and give you a full refund, so there's no risk. They also have a forever warranty, literally literally forever. So to find your perfect sofa, check out allform.com slash dailybeans. Allform is offering 20% off all orders for our listeners at allform.com slash dailybeans. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. I just wanted to say before we get into the good news, Dana, uh, you just heard my discussion, my uh, call with uh, Robert denault We had discussed something a little bit off the record, but then it became on the record since I talked to him. Uh, and so basically, that's a story coming out of the Orlando Sentinel. Joel Greenberg resigned this week, a Seminole County tax collector, uh, and has withdrawn as a Republican candidate for, for that Seat. He will not see, seek a second term. Also, gone from the race is a guy named Daniel Day, who wanted his name to appear on the ballot as Danny, D A N I, Mora, M O R A, Day. He entered the race on June 11th as an NPA, non party affiliated candidate, ensuring he would appear on the November ballot along with Democrat Lynn Mora Dichter. Interesting. And the winner of the Republican primary in August. Dichter accused Day, who has political ties to Greenberg, of using a fake name similar to her own in an effort to confuse voters. Gosh, this sounds so familiar to me. Where have we heard this before? Mmm, Florida? (laughs) Uh, Now, Greenberg and Day worked together in 2017 as part of a group of Citizens for Effective Government. In an effort to place a referendum on, ballot, on a ballot, asking voters if Seminole should have a countywide elected mayor similar to Orange County. Uh, but the effort fizzled after failing to collect enough signatures. So the, the, the thing here, though, I mean, she even said Daniel Day was running under false pretenses of pretending to be me. Mm-hmm. That's what Dick, that's what Dichter said, who goes by the name Mora. Mm-hmm. But Day claimed his candidate qualifying documents that Mora is a nickname he often uses.
1: They're just sketchy as fuck. They're all that that whole story is so crazy, it just gets getting nuttier. Yeah. Oh my god. And
0: Danny Danny is a woman name a woman's name right. short for Danielle.
1: Yeah, they know what they're doing.
0: And then uh Greenberger Day couldn't be reached for comment. But shocking. This is uh Greenberg attached to Gates, um attached to the elbow doctor, the hand surgeon guy. Uh who just, you know it's like how many and now there there are also um, in investigating whether or not Gates was involved in another sham candidate that was run in a different race. My goodness. And if, you know, this could be part of a bigger investigation. We'll see. Um, but interesting from interesting coming from uh, Robert Denault, who's been working on this very diligently. Now, we have good news. I'm sorry to start us off with that weird-ass news, but... <laughs> 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 uh, I don't even know what to qualify it as. But next, uh well, I should say first, from Jim, pronouns he and him. Jim writes, Hello, Alice and Dana and Amy. I've been listening since the very beginning. When MSW came to Minneapolis, I was fortunate enough to meet those hosts and meet at the meet and greet before the show. So much fun. I've enjoyed the evolution of your podcast. I'm so happy to see the success you've enjoyed. Now, to share a misheard song lyric, until very recently I thought of Stevie Nicks was singing uh would sang of a one winged dove. <laughs> In the Edge of Seventeen. Correct lyric, just like a white-winged dove sings a song. Sounds like she's singing. ooh. ooh, ooh." He thought one-winged dove, which would just be flying in circles.
1: I'm not sure that I didn't. I'm now trying to decide what I thought that was up until I've heard this confession.
0: Uh, Now, yeah, it's like, what was I? Just like a white-winged dove uh, sings a song. Wild-winged dove
1: singing. Ooh, Ooh, baby. All right.
0: Uh, A teenage boy, when the song came out, I was curious how this one-winged dove would be handled in the video version on MTV. (laughs) (laughs) Would they really have a one-winged bird flapping aimlessly or possibly flying in circles? It seemed kind of freakish and unsettling to think about. When the video did come out, I got swiftly past... Uh, The inconsistency of the dove having both of its wings when I saw how hot Stevie Nicks was. My teenage brain quickly short-circuited its need for logic and order. And for the next 40 years, I simple-mindedly sang along about the one-winged dove, never never giving it any further thought. Even though I've now seen the lyrics in print, it takes conscious effort to hear and sing white-winged
1: dove. (laughs) That is so funny. I love that misheard lyric. And, you know, I may be guilty of the same thing. Who knows? Uh, more good news this is from jason pronouns she and her beans queens i never write into shows but i enjoy this segment too much not to contribute good news my wife and i both have our second pfizer shots tomorrow we realized too late with a four-year-old and 18 month old at home we are uh, wow we are fucked should both of us have a rough time the day after wish us luck uh pod text. well either that or you'll just find out how resilient your children are everything's fine uh pod text. (laughs) PodTax attaches our dog, Stella. We got her from a local no-kill shelter about 10 years ago. She was six months old, 25 pounds, and terrified when she was found in a Kmart parking lot. Oh, fuck, the picture just came up, A.G. I know. Like, oh, my God, a Kmart parking lot. We were filling out an application for another dog when the staff brought her in. She immediately sat in my wife's lap and rested her head on her shoulder, and it was over. The, sho- the shelter said she was a lab mix, but we later saw she nearly identical to the stock image of an American Pit Bull Terrier. She's now a happy 50-pound lap dog, and all she has to fear are ringtones and farts. She seriously hides and starts shaking. People still ask if she's a puppy. She is absolutely...
0: Adorable. I know. Look at the second one. Oh, look at the oh. smush
1: face. The smush face.
0: Oh, she's just beautiful.
1: She really is.
0: Oh, what a honey.
1: Congratulations on your second shots. Yes. Wonderful.
0: Wonderful news. All right. Next up from Liz, Pronoun: she, her. Hello, ladies, and thanks for all you do. While these aren't lyrics, I have a quick misheard common phrase to contribute. Growing up, I always heard for all intents and purposes as for all intensive purposes. To this day, both of these still feel interchangeable and correct in my mind. Thoughts? No, it is. Still
1: <laughs> it's not interchangeable, but I I guarantee there are several people that for oh, yeah, their, a lot of their lives have said for all intensive purposes.
0: Very common yeah. misheard axiom. Uh, my sister recent number two. My sister recently heard her husband on the phone with a client who he was trying to explain something to, and rather than saying "with all due respect." He kept saying with all disrespect, and no, he didn't realize his error when my sister struggled nearby to contain her laughter. <laughs> There's nothing funnier uh, than when the thing you're saying is the ap- that, like polar opposite of what you're trying to say. We don't know if the person on the other end of the line ever registered the mistake, but it sure makes me smile whenever I think about it. Oh my God. For pet, <laughs> pet tax, I've included a goofy photo of my basset hound, Cosette.
1: Oh my God, Cosette <gasps> is really... Really cute. Look at the ears. Hi. The the ears, unbelievable. Smiling. Oh, my goodness. I love that. With all disrespect. With all disrespect, sir. I think some people deserve that, actually. Yeah, yeah, they
0: do. Mm -hmm. But not not in this scenario, but that's hilarious.
1: Yeah. All right. This next one's from Judy Pronouns, she and her. My grandson just turned three. and the first year of his life, I could not get around because after 33 years in school and being overweight, one of my hips had almost completely disintegrated goodness, and the other was not too good either. After two hip replacements and physical therapy, I was able to visit more often during the second year. Then my husband has his, Excuse me, had his hip replacement surgery, and I stayed home with him as his nurse, chauffeur, cook, general assistant. Now at one point in a pain pill haze, he asked me why I didn't tell him it hurt so bad. Uh, (laughs) He was a bit grumpy during his recovery. Now, That meant my Sweet Pea and I saw each other on video chats for several months. If there is one thing an 18-month-old loves to do, it isn't video chatting, that's for sure. (laughs) Then, right before his second birthday, COVID-19 made his debut. In all our times talking, I would call him Sweet Pea and tell him that when I call you Sweet Pea, it means I love you. He would nod and we would move on to other topics of importance. Well, I've had my two vaccine shots and given them two weeks to ripen, and I got to see my grandson this week. We've painted, glued, danced, sung, played instruments, read books, and watched his starlight hippo project light onto the ceiling at nap time. He told me he could see a lion on the ceiling and a cow. Then he told me he saw a sweet pea up near the light. And sweet pea means I love you. (sighs) While he was napping, I ordered a Brazil a, a a Brazilian a Brazilian awkward. Let me redo that one. <laughs> I'm leaving it. Uh, all right while he was napping i ordered a brazilian um while he was napping i ordered a bazillion sweet pea seeds for us to plant i love that you leave mine in that's bullshit all right i ordered a bazillion sweet pea seeds for us to plant and his home in the city and my home in the country oh. and that's the good news sweet pea means i love you i have called my niece sweet oh. since she was born because i won't put her name on social media so she's my sweet pea too and
0: I love that you're going to plant them at his home and in your home.
1: He is a beautiful child. Oh, My goodness,
0: he's so adorable. Is that a is that a a Toy Story hat? It is sure that looks a, like a Woody hat. Woody hat. Oh, that's so great. Yep. Ah, next up from Jay McSpadden, pronouns she and her. <clears throat> Hello, ladies of the beans. I heard your new game today, Share the Swear, and I had to share this one because it's become an almost daily swear in my life. Before I scream it, or rather, shouty-cap it to you, I have to tell you where it came from and why I love using this swear so much. I am an independent, self-published author, and I find the more I read, the better I write. Amazing concept, right? A huge idol of mine is Diana Gabaldon? Mm-hmm. I'm, I have not think I've read her. Oh, author of The Outlander. Okay. The Outlander series, now I know who that is. Okay, a lot of my writing, schooling, so to speak, comes from my favorite authors. With this in mind, I re- remember the moment I was first reading Outlander and I heard Claire uh, Beechamp, I don't watch, but uh, say in front of a group of Scotsmen, Jesus H. Roosevelt Christ, and my mouth flopped open and I started to cry because it's exactly what my grandpa oh. used to say. Here I was listening to my audiobook at work surrounded by my coworkers and I start crying because of a swear in a book. My coworker looked at me and asked if I was okay, and I smiled and said, Jesus H. Roosevelt Christ, I'm fine. (laughs) Now, perhaps I shouldn't have said it like that, but... Uh, To me, it was hilarious and filled me with the most ridiculous amount of joy. To this day, I say the swear on the regular, partially to honor my favorite book series. And secondly, because it always makes me feel that I'm much closer to my grandpa, even though he hasn't been with us for over 20 years. Miss you every day, grandpa. Tiny spot of good news, I'm in progress of publishing my second book, and I can't believe that I've been able to do this. If there was anything that I could thank COVID for, it's the time it's given me at home to work on my side projects. Being an independent author means a lot of writing. Um, around working full-time children and sleep when I can snag it. Oh, my God. Yeah, Jesus H. Roosevelt. Christ, I am almost there, she (laughs) says. (laughs) For Pet Tax, I've added a picture of my dog, (gasps) the dude. I think it's more than obvious what kind of dog he is. Oh, look at the (gasps) pug. He abides. Look at the
1: pug. The
0: dude. Adorable. Adorable, adorable. Oh, and there's a copy of your book, too.
1: Nice. Great cover.
0: Awesome. Jay McFadden. Great cover. Oh, very proud Standy. Yes. Very cute.
1: All right. Now, this is from Anonymous. Pronouns she and her. I have a misheard lyric in memory of DMX. My most embarrassing moment was when I was at the club with friends, and they asked me to join the DJ for a good dance song. I went up to the DJ booth and asked him to play Pumpkinhead. He had absolutely no clue what I was talking about, so I sang it for him in my best DMX voice. Y'all gonna make me lose my mind, pumpkin Head, Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead. <laughs> he laughed and laughed and laughed and before announcing it to the whole club as I was walking out of the DJ booth now my friends never let me live that down and it's now it's one of my favorite stories I have when it comes to misheard lyrics thanks for helping me not lose my mind up in here up in up here up in here <laughs> pumpkin y'all going to make me act a fool up in here <laughs>
0: that's pumpkin head is that's exactly what happened that... hello mr dj can you play pumpkin head <laughs>
1: God, I love it. I love
0: it, and we have an episode title done all right well, thank you everyone for for listening. Thank you for letting me have that day off. It was really nice um, absolutely I had a very very good weekend, wonderful weekend. I did work a little, but I promise not a lot good. and um, I
1: have a tiny I have a tiny bit of good news today it 's not really tiny today 's my birthday, so if you 're listening to this on Monday, April twelfth Today is my birthday. If you want to buy me a drink venmo that's the world we live in, isn't it? except if it's a nine hundred dollar venmo i'm going to report you. Anything else is completely acceptable.
0: <laughs> yes, everyone send Dana um five dollars and put in the line for tuition yes yeah, yeah. put
1: for tuition <laughs> cool seriously i'm not I'm not too proud. It's been a tough year d g comedy do it. We can have a virtual <laughs> drink. wonderful
0: happy 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 birthday thank
1: you darling thank you yeah it's um it's actually obviously we're recording this on sunday so monday you'll get to hear it again but you're all listening to this on monday so (laughs) so thanks for letting me do the little shout out such an interesting pandemic birthdays are so interesting
0: yeah and so are pre-recorded ones
1: (laughs) yes i'm like today's my birthday no it's not I'm like, don't make me look like a
0: jerk for not saying something at the top of the show.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. That's funny. We'll do it again on Monday.
0: We will. We will. (laughs) All right, everybody until tomorrow, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet and take care of your mental health. I've been A.G. And I've been D.G. And it's your birthday. Hey, everybody, do not miss our Daily Beans after-party on the Stereo app. We'll be going live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Dana and I want to hear from you. Our last Stereo show went a little bit like this. What about you, ladies? What are your favorite nonsensical songs? The most weird, bizarre, silly stuff you can think of that you've heard through music. Thank you very much for all you do. Um, hope you're all well.
2: Talk to you soon. Bye
1: Oh, my God. AGI. So I have an older gay brother. I don't know if that's relevant to the story, but I feel like it is because he had the B-52s on the record. So it was like, you know, we were into the has anybody seen a dog died dark green sunglasses and a bonnet designer jeans with (laughs) appliques on? You're like, what? (laughs) the rain. Like, I'm like, how many drugs was that person on? Uh, Nonsensical songs. You're so much better at this than I am. So you go first because I bet you've already thought of one and I'll try and think of one
0: um my favorite nonsensical songs come from they might be giants for example oh yes boat of car is really good and then of course i'm going down to Cowtown. a cow's a friend to me lives beneath the ocean that's where i will be beneath the waves the
1: waves and that's where i will be
0: i'm gonna see the cow beneath the sea yeah
1: there you go no. although were they talk was he whale watching is it really that obscure <laughs> you won't answer any questions about their <laughs> lyrics I, i've asked
0: multiple times oh my god uh, the
1: best i, I, lo- I love i love them
0: their- the- oh go ahead go ahead the best i can get out of them is the explanation of uh, birdhouse in your soul which we already yeah. knew right
1: right um, not to put too fine a point on it say i'm only being your bonnet
0: yeah, it's from a point of view. view. Uh song from the point of view of a a bluebird nightlight in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, I love that song. It's one of my favorite ones.